Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I have never felt more connected to Britney Spears. I mean, we're both pop icons and I shaved my head bald. Oh my God, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my God, guys. Jake has a podcast. podcast. I can't believe Jake, Jake has a podcast. podcast. Oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. And yes, the rumors are true. I shaved my head bald. Humpty Dumpty is in the building. I've actually been thinking about doing this for a while, and I never really was that insecure about my hair in the first place. Like I've always had just a giant forehead, but I kind of like just grew to love it. And I was like, this is my look, whatever. Um, but then I don't know, something just like clicked in me and I was like I think I'm just gonna do it and now girl Baldy Locks is the tea she is the moment she is an icon it's giving Lord Voldemort went to the Met Gala honey but enough about me being a hairless cat because you guys we have to talk about all of the amazing things that are going on in the world of theater right now I had the absolute pleasure of seeing the Red Bucket Follies at the New Amsterdam Theater. And if you don't know, the Red Bucket Follies is the annual celebration at the end of the year for the incredible organization, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. And it is so fun. It's jam-packed full of Broadway stars, performances from shows, and they announce the incredible earnings of every year all of the profits that go to broadway cares equity fights aids and this year it was over four million doll hairs american doll hairs girl wild i i couldn't believe it and i mean all the performances were incredible everybody put so much time and effort and love into it and it's just it's always so fun to see everybody just come together for an amazing amazing cause but you guys i was shook to my core the record this year for the show that raised the most money for broadway cares was for merrily we roll along and they raised over six hundred thousand doll hairs can you even imagine it's it's absolutely incredible bonkers so thank you and congratulations to everyone who was able to donate and help raise money because you guys knocked it out of the park and I'm just so glad to have been able to see the Red Bucket Follies. I mean, you guys, Len Carriou, original Sweeney Todd, saying send in the clowns. And he shared a story about freaking Stephen Sondheim and how that song was originally supposed to be written for Len Carriou. And then Stephen Sondheim said, no, no, it's Glynis John's darling. Uh, also, you guys, then after the Red Bucket Follies, I had the immense pleasure of seeing Shucked on Broadway. Shout out to my lovely friend, Jimmy Brewer, who is in the ensemble and covering every which way. You are amazing. The show was amazing. It was absolutely hilarious. I'm so sad it's going to close. And actually, this time around, Miss Alex Newell was not on. But her cover, you guys, the cover was incredible. Incredible. I, I mean, Broadway standbys, you know, and we, we love. We support all understudies, standbys, swings, covers. We love you. The show was phenomenal. I can't wait to see it again with Miss Alex Newell. And with that, you guys, we got to dive right into this week's Broadway World Recap, brought to you by my amazing friends at BroadwayWorld.com. 
first, you guys, we got the confirmation from Broadway World that Ali Lewis Borsgi, I hope I'm saying that right. I think I am. I hope so. Um, Moroccan American actor is going to reprise his role as Tommy in the Who's Tommy after doing it in Chicago in the Broadway transfer. Previously, Ali was in the national tour of the band's visit and the national tour of company as Paul, but now he is taking on the Broadway in the leading role of the Who's Tommy. I heard incredible things about their out of town in Chicago, and I cannot wait to see the show. So congrats to Ali and everyone in the show. I am so excited to see it in 2024. Okay, next, you guys, we got the very exciting announcement that the revival of Merrily We Roll Along has extended its Broadway run to July of 2024. Thank goodness I was afraid I wasn't going to get the chance to see it because they were originally, I think, scheduled to be done in January. And now we have until July, and I have a sneaking suspicion that they could extend further because their ticket sales are through the roof. They're selling for like $800, you guys. And I mean, rightfully so. This show, well, I don't know if rightfully so, because I think Broadway is behind too big of a paywall, but that's neither here nor there. They are selling like hotcakes, and I cannot wait to see this show. Daniel Radcliffe, Lindsay Mendez, and Jonathan Groff all still starring in the show. I'm so excited for them. Congrats, you guys. Next, you guys, we got a very, very exciting casting announcement. It was announced that Joe Locke is going to make his Broadway debut in Sweeney Todd as Tobias after his incredible two-season run on Heartstopper on Netflix. You guys, if you haven't watched this show, it melted my little gay heart into oblivion. The show is so, so sweet, and Joe plays this incredible queer character, and now he's going to make his Broadway debut in the iconic Sweeney Todd revival. I couldn't be more excited about this. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of perfect. Joe has this like darling youthful quality, but he's still so grounded. I just, I think it's perfect casting and I just love to see when the Brits come to the Broadway. So yay, yay. Congratulations, Joe Locke. I can't wait to see you in this show starting in January. And lastly, you guys, in a crazy kooky casting announcement, Jennifer Lopez is set to star in the big screen film adaptation of Kiss of the Spider Woman. What? Kiss of the Spider Woman, for those who do not know, is the 1993 Tony Award winner for Best Musical from the iconic creatives John Kander, Fred Ebb, and Terrence McNally. And it's one of those, like, hidden gems like nobody really knows kiss of the spider woman that well anymore but girl jennifer lopez is about to kill this show well i guess this movie this movie it's going to be written and directed by the amazing filmmaker and screenwriter bill condon and according to their notice rehearsals are slated to begin in february with filming planned for april in new jersey you guys this show was the winner of seven Tony Awards in 1993. Based on the novel by Manuel Puig, it explores the complex relationship between two men caged together in a Latin prison for very different reasons. But yeah, I think this movie is going to be wild and a sleeper hit, and I'm just really over the moon excited about it. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys. <laughs> I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. She is truly one of my favorite fucking people on this earth. And she just so happens to be a co-worker of mine at Chicago, the musical on Broadway. Please welcome Miss Mary Claire King. Oh my gosh. I am so honored and excited. I am a huge fan of the pod. This has been a long time coming, guys. Yes. I'm like, I'm so excited. We, We were like sitting on my couch and I'm like, it's just like silly <laughs> it always feels like when I do it in person it's so fun because it like I just am with my friends but then yeah. I'm also like there are people listening <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny but thank you so much for being here oh my gosh thank you for having me I am truly so honored I'm so glad so I, I mean where do I even begin with you Miss Mary Claire we met <laughs> doing Chicago on Broadway but yeah. you had already been in the Broadway company of that show for I think maybe a year and a half or two years when I first 
arrived. I got yeah. there in December of 2021. Okay. When did you start with the show? I started with the show in June of 2019. Wow. So, yeah, but then we had that little, you know, thing, the little, panorama little known. in between there. Yeah. Um, Panda Express. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm coming up on like three and a half years with the company wow. over almost a five-year span. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. And is this probably, I would assume, the longest run of a show in, in one particular track that you've done. Oh my gosh. I've lapped myself many times. Wow. <laughs> in terms so of my longest contract crazy. before that, my, the longest I had ever done anything before this was 10 months. Mm -hmm. So ironically I did 10 months before the shutdown. So that was funny. I was like, Oh, oh wow. I made it to the longest I'd ever done anything, mm -hmm. um, again. And then now I have far surpassed that with almost two and a half years yeah. um, since we reopened. Wow, so, that is yeah. so cool. And not only yeah. do you play, you know, one ensemble track, but you also cover the leading lady, Miss Velma Kelly. And it's so fun. Anytime I'm there and I get to be on with you as oh. Velma, I'm like, this is what dreams are made of. Oh my gosh. The feeling could not be more mutual. <laughs> you are such a bright light on and off stage. Oh my Truly, God, I will sweet never thing. forget your first performance oh my God. and the entire company, the entire company like had their jaws on the ground <laughs> because we were so astounded oh by God. your glory You're and your kindness and just the too entire sweet. person that you are. Well, so. I told Ryan and Ray, we, <laughs> I'm so lucky when I got to record in like literally between shows in the dressing yes. room with Ryan yeah, and Ray, that was a I was like, the, the thing about this it just like to make your Broadway debut is so special, but then yeah. to be welcomed so lovingly by a people who just, I mean, the, you, some people have been there for 15 years yeah. some people have been there for 20 years and like, yeah. it's still, everyone was so lovely to me when I came in. So I'm just, I'm so grateful to know you and to know everybody in that building. I miss so many people, Likewise, but honey, oh my gosh, we miss you all the time. Oh, we want you with us all the time. <laughs> well, so I have to ask, was your yeah. journey with Chicago, did you know going in, like starting um, the audition process that mm -hmm. you were also going to be considered to cover Velma Kelly? Or was it like, was that an addition later on? That was part of my audition process. Here. So okay. yeah, there was, it was quite a journey for me rather, I would say. It's one of the first auditions I would get as a young person in the city uh, like for the tour or for Broadway or mm -hmm. I just go to the ECC and it was really hard for me to like build traction with it I think because I just needed to age a little bit and sure. I like needed to like understand like <laughs> sensuality sexuality gritty, like honey. yeah I like needed to grow <laughs> into this show um, so I finally started getting to the end like only the year before I booked it. Mm -hmm. And that was the year that Rachel booked it. Queen and I Rachel. Yeah. And I remember kind of, kind of being down to finals with her. And um, I didn't know her at the time. I just like thought she was absolutely glorious in the room. Ugh. And so funny. And oh, so yeah. like stunningly beautiful in the dancing. And um, I remember getting the feedback from my agent that like I didn't get it. Which I could feel in the room. I could tell that they really liked me. Mm. And I could also tell I wasn't getting it. <laughs> and the reason being, they saw me as a Velma cover from mm. that audition. And they needed a Roxy cover at the time. Sure. And so I remembered like getting the call from my agent that I didn't get it. And I said, who got it? And they said... Rachel sure and I said great because she was amazing Good. so like that gives me <laughs> that makes me feel wonderful about the world and about the industry yes um and then I just was extremely lucky the following year two of the two Velma covers rather were both leaving at the same time mm -hmm. so I had like two shots I was so lucky Crazy. because a show like that you don't really necessarily always have the luxury yeah. of more than one track being open that window opportunity is like yeah, so, so slim. the universe like was really generous in that moment. Yeah. Then I was like, then I could go into the room being like super confident and chill because I knew I like I knew they liked me already, yeah. and I knew and you have a great I was chance right. Of getting for, I knew it. I was right for the both of the tracks they needed. Right. So Ugh. I felt very blessed. Yes. And, yeah. and now I just feel like it's such a special thing. I mean, you know, I've talked about it on the pod so many times, but like to be a part of a show like this that has this, you know, sort of iconography surrounding yeah. it and like the number of stars that have gone through that show and everything is amazing but then you are literally on a fucking 30 foot <laughs> billboard 
in Times Square. Like, what the hell? It just like it, it's kind Ooh. of the gift that keeps on giving, I would imagine. Like it just like there are there have been so many things that you have been able to do because of the show, yes. including have yes. your face <laughs> on it, a billboard. It is the blessings are endless that is with so wild. this legacy. And this show has always been more than just another show for me. Mm-hmm. It it is the type of work that I was gravitated was gravitating towards from the time I knew what it was. Sure. So like my first experience with Chicago was the movie mm-hmm. and I was so obsessed with it and and sort of started to delve into the world of Fosse, but I was still in high school like playing soccer and doing all these things. <laughs> and then I went to Syracuse and we had a um a residency with Dana Moore. Wow. In which I kind of got to try on the movement yeah. every day for a few weeks. And I was like, this I had this incredible moment where I felt my soul like light on fire and mm. be like, this is what I am meant to do. So it's Chicago has always had that sort of like weight and um heart and soul attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um and then I ended up booking the show on my 30th birthday, oh which I God. thought was a really cool, like... I didn't know that. Universe wink. Yeah. yeah. So I, like, I had been in the week um, prior, and my birthday fell on a Sunday that year, and I was doing My Fair Lady, and I knew we were waiting, but I just figured we would hear on Monday because it was... Yeah, the end of the week. Sunday, sure. you know, and I'll never forget, like, being in my matinee and seeing my my agent's name pop up on my phone and that theater the um dressing rooms are like they they're super super spotty service there so I remember like running to like the area I knew I could take a call and like crouching down and being like hello what's going on and he was like I just (laughs) am calling to let you know we're getting the offer like you need to put in your notice today (laughs) oh my god and you're like happy birthday to me and it was my birthday and it was like yeah it was that was a killer celebration wow so that is so fierce well I can't wait to ask about my fair lady and also about war paint and I mean you have we have many things to talk about but before I do I want to um I want to ask about the way that you um continue to study because I I really admire that about you obviously you you mentioned going to Syracuse um and was that a a BFA program I it was imagine yep so you know you already have like that rigorous training and everything but um something that I just like so like look up to you for is the fact that you like never stop taking class like I've run into you at dance class before (laughs) I like like you're in acting classes and everything and I just think that's so um admirable because I think some people reach a certain point or you know decide that like well I've done it I did I I made it to the broad way so what else could I possibly need to learn and it's like we have so much more growth to do and so I just wanted to say that I love and respect that about you because thank you I think it's so brilliant and so necessary thank you so much yeah I find that it really grounds me and it also like brings me back to the my initial why Mm -hmm. of like I wanted to be a storyteller sure and if I'm not like working on new things I find myself forgetting you know like the first love moment of this art form at times just because the schedule can be so grueling Mm -hmm. and there's so much of what we do that is like an athletic endeavor oh yeah so I find that and I like thank you. Like I have been blessed in the last year to have been like really re um, like sort of like rediscovering like my artist self that has brought me back to class. But I have taken periods away from like pretty much all of the, the training elements. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those periods are necessary, Sure, but I always find myself craving to come back at some point Mm -hmm. and I find that I am much better for it both in my you know on stage track that I'm doing eight times a week for years on end and just in my soul um so it's been a huge huge part of my artist journey is to like stay connected to those training grounds because they really do bring me back to myself yeah and offer insight that I can use you know, every night totally. up there. 
I mean, so, you have to have some way to keep it. I know. <laughs> keep it new and alive. And that's that's very true, and I do find that it helps me with that. Mm-hmm. So, and I would imagine too, just like the physical stamina of doing a show like Chicago. I, I mean, everybody in that show is is working, but the ensemble in that show, and and of course, yeah, Delma and Roxy, you guys are moving, honey. We're working, baby. Working, <laughs> and sometimes twice a day. Yeah. Sometimes five shows in a row. Sometimes, Actually, not sometimes. 14 shows in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Which we just I did. Oh my God. 14 shows back to back. Yeah. And then how many days off? Um, one. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But I mean, that's insane. It really is like, yeah. it points to the athleticism. Like you mentioned, like if people don't, especially people who are not in the industry, don't realize what it takes to not only book a show, but then once you book the show, you actually have to fucking do it. Yes. Like, damn. Yes. That is, I mean, even, even being there, you know, as a standby. And then I think the longest, the number of consecutive shows I've done is like 11 or something. And that was like random, you know, like it just was a happenstance that I did that many. And even that I was like, damn, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. And but you guys just do it for years. I'm like, holy shit. I just like have the most respect, but I think it must come from your ability to continue to learn and grow through the training that you do outside of it, because you have to keep your body and your voice there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, those first 11, those are always the hardest because you're like (laughs) finding that stamina, you're finding your muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And so like, we all know as performers, like that first month, you know, yes. that's, that's where you're finding your way and you're finding where you can conserve and you're finding where, where you need to pop. And, mm-hmm. um, so I commend pop. you cause that's, <laughs> pop. <laughs> cause that's, you know, that's, that's, uh, the beginning is always like the birthing of something. Is yes. always well, like and I mean, I of course felt that I had things to prove too, just of because course. I'm like, this is my, my first Broadway show. I, I have <sighs> to do it right. And then of course the second night I'm there, I fall down the stairs during my song. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. I was like, place rose colored blue. Ah! That's how you've made it, babe. The Broadway fall. And I was it's like, a you know super what? important rite of passage. I got it out of the way, honey. You did. And now I don't have to worry about it anymore. You did. I fell twice on zero once during no. a war paint on show. On zero? Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, okay. Yeah, Two so times in the same darn show. About <laughs> war paint. Was, was that your Broadway debut? War paint was my Broadway debut. Wow. Yeah. What a time. Okay, it was so the most incredible experience. For a listener who may not be familiar with the show, could yeah. you give like... A, a two sentence like synopsis of what that is and maybe totally. who you were doing the show with. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, War Paint was a fabulous, beautifully crafted show about Elizabeth Arden and Helena Rubinstein, who were played by Christine Abrasol and Patti Lapone, respectively. It was written by Michael Corey and Scott Frankel uh, and Doug Wright. And it was this, this gorgeously crafted just classic Broadway musical. Um, yeah, it was an absolute dream to be a part of. Uh, Michael Greif directed it, and uh, Larry Yerman was the music director, and Chris Gatelli choreographed. Um, Wild! It was the most like insane Broadway debut. I could never have dreamt a better debut. Right. Um, Being on stage with Christine and Patty. Yeah, and what I, I was just so blessed. I mean, I had sort of like moments with both of them I had a couple of different featured characters and it was so fun to get to like slip into those little scenes and I just I just felt so a part of it all yeah well I mean because you also originated those roles it wasn't like you were making your Broadway debut being put into a show that had already been running yeah you were a part of it from the very beginning which is just so special and so cool I bet it's like yeah it was and and you will have that forever now like you have the cast recording I'll have it forever. I mean, I've watched every single bootleg video possible. <laughs> you look stunisha. <laughs> that show. Thank you. That show just really felt so good to do. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I mean, Catherine Zuber did the costumes. And girl. David Brian Brown did the they like, said hair. Budget, it mama. Was, what'd you say? They said budget. They said budget. They said money. Oh, it was costumes. Glorious. Glorious. Did you feel like so sickening? I felt stunning in the show Uh, I felt powerful I felt I just it just 
felt beautiful to do every night. It suited me. It mm-hmm. suited my voice. It suited my strengths in dance. It it's it suited me. You know, mm-hmm. um, it pushed me. I was terrified to be doing scenes with those women. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget like opening night. <laughs> Just feeling so out of my league. (laughs) (laughs) You're like walking the carpet. And and just telling myself, like, don't even try to act. Just say the lines. (laughs) As long as they come out of your face. I was just like so overwhelmed by the whole thing. Like, I'll never forget being on the deck with the show curtain in, obviously, and warming up for the show. Mm -hmm. And hearing the audience erupt into this applause for three and a half minutes straight and we were like someone is here we later find out that it's hillary clinton and she like comes onto the this the deck you know at intermission to say hello with to us and take photos and like yeah it was a crazy experience you know it was um it was one of my most treasured theater memories and always will remain because it's it was more than originating you know, some small parts in a Broadway musical. It was my debut. Yeah. And I got to do it with women who were in my theater textbooks when I was Literally. studying that is musical the crazy theater thing too. at Syracuse. So, and then the last thing I'll say um, is that they were both so wonderful to me. Wow. And treated me like I had Tony Awards as well. Mm-hmm. And that whole company, I mean, it was stacked with people like Douglas Sills and John Dossett. And these were our leaders and they treated us and treated me like I was exactly where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. And Patty, I'll never forget Patty, who is still, you know, I'm in touch with and is very kind to me. Um, I actually just saw her perform in Indiana. I went went home for a couple of oh, days and right. got to see her and chat with her. And she was just so gracious to me and my family. Oh, um, but she she signed something for me, and she wrote, "I'm." It's so exciting that we both made our Broadway debuts in the same theater, which is so crazy. Oh, I guess she made her. God, I'm, I'm terrible, and I'm forgetting the. Was da- it Fontaine? Was that her no, debut? I think it was something sis three sisters is that a play oh god this is a broadway podcast and i should know. We're, we're gonna have to look this up sorry pod people <laughs> sorry broadway world but yeah and it wasn't called the nederlander at that time i do remember her telling me it was called a different theater we're gonna look it up and we're gonna find it wow, wow. yeah that is so, so wild i know so that's like what you know I'm, I was like so shy. I just had them sign like one thing for me yeah. at the Chicago tryout when we were doing it at the Goodman. Cause I was like, I want something, but I was like so overwhelmed with like feelings of like just crazy imposter syndrome. Of, of like, why am I here? Of course. <laughs> well, and, but, but isn't it so amazing too? I mean, we could talk about it forever, but yeah. it's like I, the way that anyone gets anywhere in this industry with uh, the attitude of like, I deserve more than you or I, you know, have these accolades so I don't need to treat you with respect is just like insane to yeah. me. I kind of hate it, frankly. And mm-hmm. I, that's something that I, um, hope to, to like shed light on with the podcast is just like, we, I want to highlight people who yeah. are not that way, who are lovely and respectful and like have all of these amazing accolades and experiences, but are also just genuine people who can separate themselves from the theater industry and yes. be humans outside yes. of it. And so that's just so lovely to hear about people as, you know, famous and iconic as like Patty Lapone. It's like even Patty is like, Absolutely. hey, you're in the same show as me. So obviously I'm going to treat you <laughs> respectfully. Like we're scene partners. Why would I exactly not give you that? you know, grace. Exactly. That's crazy. Wait, so will you tell me a little bit about, um, doing the out of town for that show before going to Broadway? Like what was that? You booked the show and Mm -hmm. then was it a workshop in New York first or did you go right to the Goodman? We went right to the Goodman. I think they had done some workshops. Uh, Sure. Um, but the first audition I had received for it was for the Goodman production. Wow. In Chicago. In Chicago. So they gave you like a set just like chunk of time that they were like, this is how long we're going to do this out of town. Exactly. It was like for the summer. I think we started rehearsals in like early May and we concluded our run and we rehearsed in New York city Mm -hmm. and the set that they built for the Goodman was designed to fit perfectly in the Nederlander theater too. I'm sure they 
fierce. I'm sure there are plenty of things that I don't know about <laughs> that they, those wonderful, technical, beautiful minds of dealt course. with for the transition. But from what I understood, everything was being built, costumes, wigs, set. Um, yeah. That's so cool. We had the full team in place at that point. So Iconic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was incredible. And that was a fun story, too, of of getting the getting the call story. This yeah. is one of my most favorite memories of all oh time. God, I am a proud member of a group called Range, uh, formerly called Range Acapella, now called Range Music. And these are like, these are my family. These are my people. And Aww. we, um, for years, were very active in creating and producing uh, acapella videos. And we've run the gamut. We've done, you know, from the gig in New Jersey to sing at someone's wedding to work for Nickelodeon to sing on E Network Live. Oh my um, God. We've done some really cool stuff. <laughs> I love that. But it happened to be the day that we were filming our Hamilton in Seven Minutes video, which is kind of the video that put us on yes. the map. Yes. As we were wrapping that, I got a call from my agent, and everyone knew I was waiting to hear about this because I had had my final callbacks. Yeah. And I. I saw that my agent was calling and I was like, oh my God. And we were kind of in that mode where we were like all gathering our stuff up. And so we were all kind of in the same little holding room mm -hmm. that we had put all of our things in. And I answered it and I went, hello. And she went, I'm just calling to let you know that we're getting the offer for war paint. And my face just went, and we all screamed at the same time. And I just, it was like literally like 10 people screaming in oh excitement. And I had to God. just like hang up and call her back. <laughs> You're like, sorry, we were like, give me five minutes. I was, it was just like one of those most like absolutely pure moments where you're just like in this beautiful place with all of your best friends yeah. and you're just reveling <sighs> in the excitement together. And like one of Hannah Corneau, who, you know, now is like the fancy Hannah Corneau. Is who, Miss like, Hannah Corneau. Yeah, Miss Hannah Corneau. <laughs> have you talked to her yet on the pod? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh my God. Okay. You're okay. You I guys are going to love each other. Love to. She goes, girl, your life just changed. Period. <laughs> <laughs> From Elphaba herself. From Elphaba herself. <laughs> <laughs> Work. So yeah. Oh my God. That I was love a fun that. also getting the call story. Oh, that's so special. Yeah. So yeah. how long was there in between closing war paint yeah. and then you going into my fair lady um because that was at lincoln center that was at lincoln center yeah so war paint closed like in early november of 2017 and i was fortunate enough to book what i what we all thought was going to be a a nice contract at the amundsen of crazy for you with oh, susan stroman yes and Within a matter of weeks, that became a workshop. So sure. then I was sort of like, okay, I need to kind of like figure some stuff out mm -hmm. and try to get some work. And so I did the workshop and then I did a production called Halftime at Paper Mill with Jerry Mitchell. And then I was doing Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> the laugh, the laugh heard around the world. At North Shore. I was doing Mamma well, Mia. I know you love Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, however, do not. I'm so sorry. If I need to see myself out now, I can. Um, LOL still was grateful for the job. I was doing Mamma Mia at North Shore Music Theater, and I got a call um, to be an immediate replacement for Christine Cornish. Um, oh, my gosh. In yes. My Fair Lady. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wild. So went into some more Zuber costumes and Fierce. had a beautiful time there. I, I think I did like nine months. And how like how quickly did you go into the show? Like oh, as an immediate I had, replacement. I had to leave the contract. Uh -huh. Like they had to bring somebody in to finish the Mamma Mia run, which wow. I felt so bad about. Girl, um, you said Broadway is calling, honey. But yeah, Broadway called. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I <laughs> and I, you answered. I think I started rehearsals like two weeks later or something. Oh my God. Yeah. And then what did you have like ten or fifteen days of rehearsal? And then yeah, like, okay, I think I go. had two weeks, and that was the first time I'd ever replaced on anything. Yeah. So that was definitely an interesting experience having sure. come from like my Broadway debut, which was like originating a role. Yeah. Um, so to try to like learn how to like, you know, jump onto a moving train for the first time totally. was pretty hard. I bet. And quite literally a moving train. Um, <laughs> my best My Fair Lady story includes a fall. <laughs> so I come into the show. It's like my third or fourth performance. 
um, there is a giant waltz number at the end of, or at the beginning of Act One. Uh-huh. At the beginning of Act Two. Wow, here we are. <laughs> Sorry, it's like Monday for me. It's Thursday. <laughs> so at the beginning of Act Two, there's this giant waltz number, mm-hmm. and I have noticed at the end of Act One that I am. 85% sure that my ex-boyfriend is in the house with his new girlfriend <gasps> because he doesn't know that I'm oh, in the show because I just joined. Oh my God. And <laughs> I was like, that we've been Get broken up for, you know, over a year at this point. Sure. So it wasn't like we were like in contact or uh-huh. anything, but I'm like, that house is very like the audience is in your face right. because this stage, I don't know all the technical terms. Sorry, I'm not a theater nerd in that way. <laughs> the stage is like down and it's a thrust. So yeah. it's like they're kind of like eye level with you. Yes. You're not like above them. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really weird, like cool thing to have them right there. And I'm like, he's like in the fifth row. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing Ask It Gavat, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. And so and I'm like, guys, everything. I think my ex is here. <laughs> so we come out for the waltz number. We get to the part where we're like waltzing in like three circles, passing each other on a turntable, moving. Of and my foot gets stuck in Eliza's dress because I'm on that inner circle. And my dance partner and I, sweet Matt Wall, we just go all the way down. Oh. We go all the way down. <laughs> like, Right in front of him. No. Right in front of him. I'm like, you cannot make this stuff up. It could have been on a different day. It right. It could have like been, you know, he could have come two months into my run where I was like great at the waltz by that point. Oh my gosh. It was mortifying. No. But like so, also, what a great story. I mean, I of survived. Course. And was Eliza just completely unscathed? Oh She's my God. Like, oh, I didn't even she notice it happened. She was so sweet. No, I like ripped a hole in her dress. Oh, like, shit. Well, because I was like stepping back. Uh-huh. So you're, you're blind. You like can't. And like, again, it was like my third or fourth show. So I was just like. Turntables are scary. Turntables are scary. Hazards. There I said it. Hazards. Hazard baby. Especially with exes in the house. (laughs) Precisely. But yeah. Uh, Well, switching gears a little bit. Because obviously this is a Broadway podcast. So I love asking about theater. But I also love that you do so many things outside of the show, not only, you know, in terms of like training and taking class, but um, you just have like businesses and hobbies (laughs) outside of it, which I think is so exciting. And I, I'd love to hear about it. I mean, I that's something that I also really love um, talking to Rachel Schur about is, you know, she's she's brilliant at at the jobs that she does outside she of is. Chicago and now she's a mom and it's going to have to that woman does it all. There's, she I'm does convinced it. there's nothing she can't do. No, of course. I mean, convinced. And she does it with like the best, like dry sense of humor there is. I so <laughs> it's just like, how are you doing this? But, um, she's wonderful. Tell me about your, your outside endeavors. Like what, it, what inspires you to, to get up in the morning outside of just, doing the theater thing yes oh my gosh um well I I did start this sort of like side hustle business Mm -hmm. that I have um launched in the last like year or so officially I was already kind of doing it and um you know finally had dragged my feet long enough and making it a real (laughs) thing that I just decided to start yes and it was very terrifying but my business is in content styling, and I've named my company Ask Your Sister. Um, so essentially what I do is I support people in the wardrobe and art direction for photo shoots. Um, I have also done a music video, so I'm like oh, that's cool. sort of like open to like motion as well. Yeah. But like where I feel like I really shine is um, helping people... Uh, come up with like very specific goals for capture Mm -hmm. and then um, finding that through the clothing and through uh, like mood and uh, vibe inspiration sure so yeah so working with me on a shoot is essentially like having a consult either in person or over zoom defining those specific needs and goals whether it's headshot needs or editorial desires or if it's like for an artist like you know um art artwork like for their album yeah. cover or something I've sure. done that too um or like just band photos you know yeah. um <laughs> whatever the goals are getting really specific about 
you know, what you're hoping to achieve and then um, getting to know your own personal s- style and then finding clothes that like really tell that story sure. to us. Um, I also like really enjoy being on set and helping with like pose coaching. Yes. That's like really fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um the photo shoot is truly one of my most favorite art forms. Mm-hmm. Like I love stills so much. Me too. I love being a part of it in almost any capacity. So um, it's been a really fun avenue for me to explore, and I've learned a lot about my artist self. Yeah. And um, and it's got to yeah. be so helpful for the for you know not only the photographers but for the subject of the photo shoots or video shoots or whatever who may or may not have you know extensive experience with being in front of a camera totally just not knowing their body in the way that a person you know like a dancer does and understanding like lines and angles and lighting and um and also I would imagine just being a woman and being like I am being put in clothes that I may not normally wear or totally. choose for myself or you know I feel beautiful this way but I'm in front of a camera and now it's different so like that yeah. is such a it's not just the artistic thing I think there is like an element that you so beautifully provide which is like the just the self-confidence and the you know grace to to say I need this or this would make me feel safer or whatever you know like that's a huge element absolutely that just I think people don't necessarily take into consideration when they become an art, a photographer or, or whatever, you know, when they just like invite someone into their studio and they're like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Let's shoot. So it's, it's cool that you can sort of provide that like as a, you know, third party during something that could be like really intimate. Absolutely. And I love it. Like I love offering support in that way and being there to do something as simple as like fix their hair or like ensure that all the clothing is properly steamed, but also to like make sure that they're like feeling like they have everything they need to do their best work. Totally. And sometimes just having like a little a sister. support. Yeah, that's, Come on. that's the idea. It's like, just call me up. Let's mm-hmm. figure it out. And like, it doesn't need to be this huge stressor. I mean, you're already spending so much and investing like time and care and like you're making sure Money that you're mama. getting your hair cut right. at the right time and you're like getting it colored and you're like getting the clothing you feel like you need and like you're communicating with your agents on like what their goals are for these shots and it's just like it's a lot to manage mm-hmm. and I often find as we're like in this new age of um the social platforms being a huge part of our package as artists yes. like everyone is in need of content these days and the content just keeps getting like of higher and higher production value because the phones we have now are so incredible. Yeah. So they, they like, it just keeps upping the ante Mm -hmm. on like what we're used to consuming. Totally. So I find that people now are generally going in to do a headshot session, myself included, but then I'm also wanting to do all these fun editorial shots because I feel like that can help me, grow you know in in this way that our industry is moving totally so that again that's like twice the amount of wardrobe right and people often forget like what's in their own closet like that's what I find I always start with what they own first Mm. I love that because they're a like I want to be resourceful in that way and like build from what we already have Mm And B, it helps me get to know them and get to know like what they feel confident in. Totally. So yeah, it's been a really fascinating like experiment for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I really do love it. It's just a little slow going because I'm not quite a CEO yet. Well, but sure. I'm working but towards being better at on, being an entrepreneur. I it's mean, just not in my like general um, instinct. Well, we also certainly were not <laughs> set up to be um, like... CEOs yeah. <laughs> after a BFA program where they're like, time to close, time to close. And we're like, how do I pay a bill? Yeah. What is taxes, mm. darling? Like, <laughs> Still don't know. No, couldn't tell you. Couldn't I tell literally, you my, <laughs> I was like, I, um, I was the like wedding singer for one of my best friend's weddings. And then I gave a little like speech after at the reception. And <laughs> I was like, I have learned so much from Zoe, including what a Roth IRA is. And then I was like, I'm just kidding. I don't know what a Roth IRA yeah. is. Like, I was like, I wish I could even tell you like what the fuck. No, 
I but don't either. That's hard. But yeah. I, I just like commend you on on just like taking the leap and being like, this is something I love and I'm good at. So why why Thank would you. I not like try to make it more of like a business? It's it's brilliant. And it's so helpful. People need it. People will respond to that, you know? They have, yeah. And it's like it may be like slow going at times and then other times I'll have like a lot of work and it'll be like super fun and like Yeah. I'm very grateful that it's like on my own terms because yes. I don't want it to feel like I am beholden to like any timeline or anything. anything so I'm else. trying to just like let it unfold as it is yep. and enjoy the ride. Totally. But yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about the podcast. It's like I, yes. I started this for one thing and it was just to have fun. And now I get to have fun and I get to talk to so many mm-hmm. fun people so like regardless of like where it ends up in any sort of like monetary capacity I'm just like I love it this yeah. is something I love to do I'd love to talk to people and hear their ideas and perspectives and so it's so cool I love it yeah well that's what we're in the business in as artists period like, just doing it for the love of the game doing baby it for the love yeah exactly yeah well would you tell me about your most recent theatrical endeavor, a little workshop of a new musical yes. called Gun and Powder. I'm dying to hear because oh you were doing gosh. double duty. You were doing full eight shows a week at Chicago and yes. working on this new show. I I was. I feel so blessed. This piece is super, super special. It is, um, gosh, where to even begin? It's set in 1893, Texas, and it follows the story of these two light-skinned black women who decided to do the most dangerous thing they possibly could at that time in this Reconstruction era, I think it's called, um, Pass for White. And they did it with the highest of stakes um, as they were in deep debt as sharecroppers, um, and they needed it to, like, save their family essentially wow um the score is absolutely breathtaking uh written by ross baum with book and lyrics by angelica sherry stevie walker webb is directing and tiffany ray fisher is choreographing it is an incredible team i feel so lucky to be a small part of it and i'm really excited for people to see it it's coming to paper mill um in the early spring so it's uh and does that mean or or are you at liberty to tell us or do you get to be a part of it at paper mill if you if you decide to to do that yes wow that would be incredible yeah and so for a listener who may not know just about like the world of like a workshop yeah a work session or whatever Mm -hmm. when you do a show like that yeah there isn't a performance for the public correct so what do you what are you working toward necessarily? Like when you do the workshop uh-huh. and then you present it to, or I guess you do what they call a presentation. Yes. That's for like investors and mm-hmm. people to basically throw their money at it. And exactly. Be like, we like your show, so we'll help produce it. Exactly. Yeah. So the producers generally, from what I understand as an actor, from mm-hmm. my perspective, the producers are doing a workshop to do just that. They are trying to provide a, a an environment where people who may be interested in sharing what's in their deep pockets to like bring this work to life. Right. And so therefore we're we're doing either the whole show or parts of the show. In this case, we just did uh, some numbers from the show. We did not do attempt to do the whole show in 3 weeks. Gotcha. Which was really awesome mm-hmm. that was the first time I'd been a part of um a workshop or a lab scenario where that wasn't the goal yeah and it was way less stressful sure um and I felt like we could really dive deeper into the material we were presenting um another thing that these producers did which I thought was really w- wonderful and just speaks to their character is that they stressed to our our um our audience members that this was an open rehearsal. So this was in no means a finished product. They really tried to avoid using the word presentation Mm -hmm. because they didn't want um, anyone in the room to feel like this is the final stamp on this piece. It's like 
you have come into our kitchen. This is the metaphor they were using a lot to taste our food in progress. Cool. So you like have a seat at like the chef's table and you're watching the chef like m- like make the masterpiece. Oh, I but love that. We're like in motion right now, so mm-hmm. you're it's even more special because you're seeing us like find find this story. Yeah. Um but it's really really special. I've I've seen enough new work and been involved in enough been blessed enough to be involved in enough new work to know that this one is uh she's got very good (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's so fierce I love that I mean I I had the pleasure of working um on a new version of A Wrinkle in Time um in the summer yeah it was very that too we we had a lovely um team and and they were very adamant that like this is this needs to be looked at as a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Like we are not. This is not the show. And I mean, we weren't doing the show because, in a similar way, we were doing numbers and yeah. um, reading some of the the dialogue and everything. But other than that, I mean, like half of Act Two, we didn't have music written yet. So we would be reading lyrics, and you know, it's very yeah. in flux. But it like is so cool that that is a thing that we get to call a job too. Is like I it, know we, it's not just the the final product that we get to be a part of. It's like, we get to like dig in and like find I'm, new shit. Like rehearsal is like, my favorite. Originate stuff. That exactly. is so cool. And then it will forever be the MCK track. In, I know. <laughs> it's, Powder. it's like, it's so cool. That is so sick. And like, I, it's such an honor to, you know, have the opportunity to be the interpreter of, you know, a track. Like it's so cool that like a writer and a director would like you know hand that to me yeah and ask me to do what I will with it you know under their guidance of course but it is a really special thing that's a part of our jobs that to be quite honest I haven't done in a while because I've I my last two credits have been to um replace Mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for those opportunities of course but it is a really different, different part of like my appetite as an artist. Yeah. So it's been really, really cool. Oh, and that's so cool. I just love rehearsal. Rehearsal is so my favorite part. You. So. And you're just such a Thanks. freaking dream. So I'm like, oh gosh, you deserve it all. You deserve the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, I'm completely unbiased, obviously, as we're sitting on my couch and <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. Um, before I let you go, Miss yeah. Mary Claire, I do have a series of musical theater rapid fire questions. Oh, yes. Which I ask every single guest if you have listened to the pod. Oh, I'm familiar. <laughs> let me pull them I up. I love the pod. Oh, my God. I'm so, <laughs> I'm it's so, so glad. awesome. Well, and I also like love that I can get Broadway news from it now, too. Oh, my God. Thank it's you. so fabulous. Yeah, skippers, listen up. If yeah. you skip the Broadway World recap, I'm pissed. No, I love the Broadway World recap. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, and we love Broadway World. We do love Broadway World. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm a little nervous, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? Sondheim. Sweatpants or jeans? Jeans. Oh my god, we were literally just talking about we this were. when you came in because we like, were. You look adorable, and I look like crap. Do no. you have a favorite <laughs> musical? Oh gosh, I have to go with Cabaret. Oh come on! I poster yes. on the wall. It's just like it's so. It was so intentionally written. God, it's genius. It's so I strong. The book is so good. The story is so. I know. I'm excited. Ugh. I'm really excited. It's so good. Um, do you have a least favorite musical? Um, Spill it on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so dead. (laughs) That's what that is. One truly that like either like makes or breaks it for people. They're like, I love Mama Mia, or they're like, This is trash. I like how I call this rapid fire questions, and then I just speak for five hours on. I love it. I honestly, I loved Mama Mia growing up. I saw it so many (laughs) times on tour as a kid, but then I did it, and I was just like, Enough. Of course. Enough. Well, especially because were you in the ensemble or were mm-hmm. you okay? The yeah. offstage thinking kills Girl, me. Every single number kills me, every and it's like the song. same like progression. You're just like, yep. this is so boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, would you ever love like Abba. to do a Broadway play? Oh, I would love to. Work. Yeah, I would love to do a play. And you're such a good damn actor. You oh, f- you'll do it. Oh gosh, thank um, you. Are you a morning person or a night owl? I'm a night owl. Me as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what is the craziest thing a director has ever asked you to do? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I wonder if there's something. It can be in a rehearsal process, mm. in an audition room, mm. and not even a director. Basically, this is an open-ended question. <laughs> sure. Well, the thing that's coming to mind is in Cabaret... When we, uh, I was in college when I did this, so it was so long ago. I'm trying to think of something from my more recent career because <laughs> I'm getting older. Um, <laughs> but what's coming to mind is literally being in a, an enclosed like trunk for 20 minutes before popping out to <gasps> do two ladies. Oh my god! It was god. so difficult and That's disorienting. So scary. It. Because we were basically, like, devoid of any, like, sensory. Yeah. So, like, the first time we did it, it was so disorienting to pop out of complete black into, like, light. Bright light. And, like, we had to get out of the box in a choreographed manner. Yeah. Of course. Because it was like, dee 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 you know? <laughs> and, it like, I fell out of the box a couple times because of that. Then that they gave us wild. a flashlight. So we at least had like a flashlight, but it was like two of us in this trunk. Just like, it was so uncomfortable. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, I'm sure it looked really cool, but it yeah. was like, it felt crazy in and the moment. Like, this is a magic show. Yeah. We're just, it was, <laughs> they're going to saw us in so half. so disorienting. <laughs> what the hell? But it was an honor to be one of the two ladies. So, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, golden age or contemporary? Oh, golden age. Oh, I feel like I knew that about you. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite role that you have ever played? A f- oh, I, I think it has to be Velma. Come on. I knew it. I was like, you better. I loved playing Penny Pingleton in Hairspray, but it's got to be Velma. Oh, yeah, and, and your Velma is so sickening. Oh, thanks. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Me too. Mm-hmm. What about the hardest show that you have ever done? <gasps> Uh, listen to that hardest show goodness I think Chicago Mm -hmm. simply because of the the cover yeah yeah Mm -hmm. wild what's the like how and the schedule the schedule is the the hardest schedule I've ever done in my entire life and will ever do is crazy it's crazier than Mm -hmm. most yeah what is like the um the like least amount of time that you have had before going on as Velma. Like, yeah, I've had it twice after seven o'clock before <gasps> an eight o'clock. Yeah. One time I think it was like seven fifteen cause I had already done my hair for Liz. Oh my God. And high slip came up and was like, shout out. Love him. Can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. And <laughs> it was actually my first day back from a vacation and I had like crone, flown cross country that morning from San Francisco and attended a wedding the night before. So I was pretty wrecked. Oh my God. (laughs) And I remember he came in and instead of being like, Hey, welcome back. How was your vacation? He was like, uh, hi, can I talk to you for a second? And my stomach just like (laughs) fell out of my butt. (laughs) This was also within like like, my first six months Uh of being in the show. So I was still getting used to everything. And you had gone on before. I had definitely gone on before, but I'd probably been on like five or six times, like nothing crazy. Maybe a little more than that. Maybe eight. But still, yeah. like within the first 10. And he was like, uh, Amra's stuck on the New Jersey Transit. We need you on as Velma. And I was like, can you give me 30 seconds? And I went down to the Velma room. And I was like, no, I'm no one's wife. <laughs> and I sang the end. And then I was like, okay, I got You're it. You're like, I can do and it. I was like, I'm good. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's insane. They're like, get in the elevator. Took, took out my French twist and okay. put in my pin curls. I have to know, too, about... Yeah. I literally just tossed my phone aside. Yeah, toss it. I was like, I don't need these questions anymore. What is the feeling of being in the elevator, like, under the stage oh. before oh you God. ride up? Like, you're, you're, it, you're in there for all of Overture. Like, you have to get on the elevator uh-huh. platform and you ro- lower down below the stage. Yeah, they cannot begin the show until you're down. Yes. And it's so like you the have final to cue. Hide in there in the little box. You hide in the box. And then they raise you up that iconic entrance. It what is, is that like? It the first 20 times you do it, it is literally the most nerve-wracking thing in the entire world. Oh my God. Because everyone freezes on stage yes. and you shoot out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And then the audience watches you walk down <laughs> stairs. 
you're literally just like Sleeping the first thing I stairs. have to do is mm-hmm. walk down the stairs and in a like, spotlight. Oh, and don't look at the stairs. Could you not? Oh Could you my just, god! Like, not well, look at your feet. Velma is like a la- directed to look down. Thank God, because she. They want you to look up on like the fifth vamp and like take in the audience, so you can. Ah. So it's like slinky, slinky, down, 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 and then you like see Eyes them. Up. Ooh, so it's like sexy, but it's like such an overwhelming way to begin a show because a you're singing like the eleven o'clock number that this character sings right. first, first, and b you have to come up and be energetic, but like so restrained in your like energy like output yes so it's like a very difficult marriage to find when you're like jittery because if I could come out and be like hey guys how's it going (laughs) it's like a totally different way that you can like put your energy into the movement but to be like calm and sensual and like smoky but still have energy like it's a it's it's one of the hardest things that I've like had to find for myself in that role and the sheer like nerve of it of just like popping out of the floor that took a long time to like get a handle on oh I mean I think that I truly speak for every homosexual who has ever (laughs) lived when I say that I have pretended to do that um rise up the elevator I, w- once a week for yeah, totally. my entire life so yeah 100 percent. i understand it, it's so cool it's so fun Thanks. and even just it's watching a huge honor it, when i stand by if i'm if i'm on as mary i'm up in the dressing room until basically i come down yeah of course but if i am backstage watching it's so fun to watch whoever is on as velma like march up the little stairs and like get the cue that you're gonna lower down and then there's the monitor uh, at the like stage yep. manager's desk yeah where you can see there's like the bird's eye view so I you know. can like peek peek in and look at the bell I know I'm always like pressing against the wall or like (laughs) laughing or like I'm like always yeah in that moment I'm like imagining like the most whatever's activating me most in that moment of like this like seedy bar with just like a night out with my girls where we're like feeling hot and we were like you know, we were like pre-gaming and we we're running late, but like we finally make it. And then like the guys are all over us. And like, you know, ah, I love it. Oh I'm my God. trying to imagine that when I'm down there, like yes. trying not to pee my pants with nerves. Well, but and then at the very end of the show, after bows, you have to go back down in the elevator. I know. And wait until I know buddy in the audience. I know. Is gone. I know. That is wackadoodle. I know. Well, I have no idea. They took it out for a while because of COVID because they didn't want people that close oh, to each other. Oh, sure. So, so we just walked down it the was, stairs. Yeah. It was out for like almost a year and a half, but they put it back in like six months ago. But okay. I, I like it better because it's, cool. it, it's like such a bookend. Yeah. 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 It's so cool. And like, you know, it's fun because like I'm always talking to sh- like Charlotte, whoever's playing Roxy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we did that one. And we're always like taking out our hair. Yeah. feels like a locker room moment, but yes. it's like cool because oh it's God, just wait. the two of you. It didn't. Wasn't there. Now this is going so long. I don't give a fuck. Oh, my God. Sorry. Wasn't there. No. Are you kidding me? I'm like <laughs> asking you a million questions. Wasn't there. Didn't something happen recently with the elevator where um, like a, a hairpin or something, something of Charlotte's or like a buckle of her shoe came off when they did that and they like it went into the little crack between like the elevator Shut and up. the wall or whatever and so <laughs> they had to like disassemble oh my god I had no idea oh, sorry. They, they had to like disassemble the bandstand <laughs> to get the buckle out that so is so the rich I had work. no clue I could be totally wrong no I'm sure you're not I'm sure you're not well also if you're a standby you're getting all the juice because you're sitting in the office yes. and you're like yeah getting all the right. no <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so perfectly Charlotte. Okay, back to the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here, we're here, we're here. Questions. We, I mean, whatever. We have like two more. Um, Who would you say is the silliest cast member of Chicago the Musical? Christine Cornish. Miss Corn Mm -hmm. herself. Corn herself. Wackadoodle lady. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Love her. The best. Friend of a friend to us all. Adore. (laughs) Friend to us all. My Velma sister. I love her. Yes. Um, do you have any pre-show rituals? I have to put on my right shoe first or I can't do it. Oh my God. I love that. That's I, like the first like superstitious one that I've had on the pod. Oh really? People are like, oh, I drink, drink tea, whatever. Like, no, I am that way too. Oh, I do it yeah. in the same order. I do I, my makeup in the same order. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also, I have a physical warm up that I do 
I have a, I do usually do my vocal warm up at home just because of like, you know, You're not having privacy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I do my physical warm up like on stage right deck almost every day. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll do it in the dressing room if we're like, if Sharon isn't on and there's like a little more space or something, but like, yeah, I'm kind of ritualistic about that, but like, I'm superstitious about the shoe thing. Love that. Like I truly can, I will not be okay. And like, when you're on for Velma too. Oh my God. For any role any ever. show. <laughs> It could be a totally different show, tap shoes. Yeah. Love it. I'm not like that in my life. I'll put on my left shoe first to walk out the door, but like I cannot handle it. It oh has to be God. right first. That is so <laughs> funny. Right foot first. So superstitious. Title of the episode. Well, my last. <laughs> <laughs> putting your right foot forward with yeah. Mary Claire Kate. Well, my last for question it. for you, yeah. Miss MCK, is what is one thing that mm-hmm. you would tell baby Mary Claire? Oh, baby girl. (laughs) Oh, I think I would tell her you'll never know like what next beautiful thing is just around the corner. So just keep on going. There's always another train. There's always another bus. Somebody told me that once. Mm. I remember I was like having a tough day at an audition and she was like, honey, it's just like there's always going to be another bus. Auditions (laughs) are just like buses. Yep. The next one will come. also to, um, yeah, to, to not eliminate myself before I've even begun. <laughs> Period. You know, mm-hmm. like don't eliminate this in your mind. Like give it a shot. You never know what they're looking for. Totally. Just do you and trust that what's yours is yours. Mm. What's yours is already yours. Love it. You just have to show up and be yourself and it, it all sounds really trite, but as soon as no. you really start to wrap your head around that, I wish I wish I had been a little more chill in my younger years. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to even imagine you not chill because I'm, I like live for mm. just like the, the easygoing vibe of Miss Mary Claire. Mm, LOL. <laughs> well, Mary Claire, thank you so, oh my gosh. so much for coming on the pod. It's such an honor. Would you tell the listeners where they can find you on social media oh and keep yes. up with your next endeavors? Absolutely. Um, you can find me at Merkler. M-U-R-R-C-L-U-R-R. You can also find me at askyoursister.nyc for all your content styling needs. Come on. So that's me. Yay. (laughs) I just adore you. I adore you. you. I love you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod. It's so helpful. And you can follow the show on Instagram for more updates at Oh My Pod, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Love you. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.